when I first started, everyone on the phone told me, you know, you're getting old to be a climber. Like climber is a young man's game. We're not going to be hiring, you know, an arborist is 35 or whatever I was 34 and training up to be a climber. So that when you're 40, you can climb and then just stop. Right. But I'm like, that can't be right. You know, everyone's different. I've seen guys that are 60 plus doing lots of things that require a lot of physical activity. So mm-hmm. I think I can overcome this. And it kind of became a challenge, I guess, as opposed to a setback. This is Built by You, a podcast by Jobber, where business owners share how they stay focused when entrepreneurship gets real. I'm Nick Keiko, and today I'm talking to Kurt Stenberg, owner of Cochrane Tree Care in Cochrane, Alberta. Kurt is an arborist, a tree care professional trained to consult on a tree's entire life cycle, from planting, maintenance, disease treatment, to removal of dead, diseased, or unsafe trees. You'll see them in their helmets and protective gear, up in lifts or using ropes and harnesses to navigate treetops with chainsaws. It's a pretty badass line of work. We're excited to have him as the final guest in season one, as he's bringing a few themes from across the season to the finish line. Mentorship and community, growth as an endgame, confident client interactions, and lifelong learning. What makes Kurt's story unique is that he spent 16 years in a career as a first responder first as an EMT, then as a firefighter. Due to his health, he was forced to start a new career, and he's now in his second year of entrepreneurship. Yes, the youngest business in season one, but with a twist because there's more crossover between his first and second careers than you might think. Today, I'm built by you, meet Kurt Stenberg. Let's start at the beginning. As a teenager, what were you planning on doing when you grew up? I don't think I knew. I was probably just focusing on uh finishing high school with the least amount of work possible towards the end i was thinking of a job that would be fun and be kind of flexible firefighting came up and i was like that sounds awesome i pursued that and then it was really competitive i actually tried to get on with the city of edmonton where a jobber is based and uh, it takes many tries to do it and and life experience and um, experience in other aspects so i became an emt first because there's kind of some crossover there so i started out in the ambulance side of things continued on before I became a firefighter eventually in Red Deer. And how long were you a firefighter for? Well, at first I was an EMT for about eight years. And then I uh, combined uh, in Red Deer, which is an integrated department. So you're a firefighter and an EMT. And that was another eight years or so. So it was about 16 years total in emergency services doing first response. And was it the job you were hoping for, the the kind of flexibility and the work and the, the interesting kind of exciting work as well? Yeah, I definitely fell in love with it. and. As I kind of realize I do now with a lot of things, as you become more an expert at something, you just tend to really enjoy being good at doing something. And I think I did fairly well at that job, especially on the communication side of things, because it is a lot of communication and managing a lot of scenes and talking to different people. And I did really enjoy it until not realizing, you know, that mental health plays a big part in that job over years and uh, sort of changes you and you don't realize it. And there wasn't a lot of awareness with that kind of thing back in the beginning. Although my very first EMT course, one of the instructors told us there was a five-year lifespan on that job. It, but I mean, it's day one of your, of your first day of you know the rest of your life as an EMT. So you're like, well, I'm just going to ignore that and uh, keep going. But you know, it turns out it was true. So your health forced you to, to change tracks and, and look for a different career. Can you share a bit about that if, if you're comfortable sharing it? Yeah, no problem. I'm totally open about it because I think there needs to be more awareness, of course, with it. But basically, as time goes on, you respond to a lot of different abnormal situations over your lifespan. And 
you know, when you're short on sleep and um, it changes your brain kind of chemically and you end up, or I ended up getting diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And there is a difference between like post-traumatic stress versus post-traumatic stress disorder, but the disorder is something that kind of becomes more permanent and lasts, you know, for years and years, like basically forever afterwards makes permanent changes in your brain. Um, things like major depressive disorder and anxiety come up and you don't even understand why you're just at home and out of nowhere you'll have these symptoms and and you can't tolerate certain situations at work you know stressful situations there that used to be no problem just seem to affect you and you get you know anxious and numb and tingly and chest pain and like very strange i was i was new to all of that and and what were you thinking around you know when you had to make the decision to to leave that career and and move on to a new one uh i didn't want to leave that career I had seen myself being able to do that forever and watch other firefighters, you know, retire and have their party and be completely fine. Right. I had all my eggs in that basket. Basically, it was difficult because it wasn't really up to me. I had some symptoms from work and then eventually would seek out some help and talk to a psychologist. WCB supports you in that. FYI, WCB stands for Workers' Compensation Board, and it's the provincial organization that supports workers facing injury or illness in Alberta. So I filed the WCB claim and once that can of worms gets opened, then you go for additional assessments. Um, I went off work again, then but they restricted me from returning back to work as a first responder. So I didn't have a choice in the matter and was forced to basically find a new career and retrain and get mental health help and treatment. So that was a long road, which, you know, took a, a couple of years of, well, it's, it's continuous, but I mean, the acute phase was still about a year. How does it feel now with like, you've got your own business, you're, you're doing your own thing, kind of, you know, a couple of years into your second career. How are you feeling today? Day to day now, I definitely feel a lot better. I was on a long road of trying to find some things that worked for me as far as stress, you know, stress even from this new, new job and trying to figure things out. And then I fell in love with meditation and having control over things in my life, such as the business really helped. So how did you get into tree care, of all things, coming out of firefighting? I was in a program, a treatment program with WCB, where they try and rehab you and help you find a career. So I was literally researching different careers and uh, did some career exams, and horticulture came up a few different times. And eventually, I don't even know how, came across uh, an arborist. And I'd never even seen an arborist working in my life. You know, I think I heard of one somewhere in they came and like diagnosed that I needed more water or something. So I thought it was like a tree <laughs> doctor, you know, but then I found out arborists can climb trees and like cut them down with chainsaws and do all this stuff. And I already love chainsaws from having a wildland firefighting mini career for a couple seasons before becoming a structural urban firefighter. Right. So I love like being out in the forest and, and using those tools and it's hands on and climbing is, is pretty exciting. And, it was something that just kind of fit because it allowed me to grow as far as learning a new complex skill and not hit this wall of like, you know, a minimum wage job where you just go and work it and you're like capped out. And then the whole business thing is like a whole, it's a whole other thing. So you decided you're going to be an arborist. You're going for it. What was the next step? Well, other than research of the career, I obviously needed some training because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know much about trees at all. So I you know, sold a few things, my personal possessions to get enough money to take one of these courses. At any time when you were going through that, the, the arborist training, did you have any doubts or was it all just full steam ahead? 
Uh, no, I, I still have doubts. Yeah, and it was full steam ahead. I, I kind of fell in love with the idea of doing this. Once I get an idea like that, that's, that's what I thrive on is having a new hobby or something new to just pound the pavement on. But like anyone else, you, you still have those stressful moments like at night, you know, wondering whether you can do it. Is it going to work out? you know, or even go do a job. And it's like, you know, did I do that properly? I shouldn't have cut that branch. I, I can't believe I'm doing this and call myself professional because I'm not, I just started like, so tons of doubts. And then, and, you know, I have doubts even now about the future. Like I'm 36 years old. When I first started, everyone on the phone told me, you know, you're getting old to be a climber, like climber is a young man's game. We're not going to be hiring, you know, an Arbus is 35 or whatever I was 34. And training up to be a climber so that when you're 40 you can climb and then just stop right but i'm like that can't be right you know everyone's different i've seen guys that are 60 plus doing lots of things that require a lot of physical activity so mm -hmm. I, I think i can overcome this and it kind of became a challenge i guess as opposed to a setback so while you were going through the training i understand you met a mentor and now mentorship has been a huge theme this season so maybe tell tell me a little bit about what that relationship looked like what he taught you my mentor is Johnny Corthius, and he owns jo uh, Corthius Tree Care in Lethbridge. My very first course that we spoke of there, uh, it was production tree removal and rigging. He was one of the instructors. So we went on site there after a little bit of classroom instruction. And he was kind of intrigued by some of the questions that I was asking, the way my, my mind was kind of working. And he mentioned to me that it was working a little bit differently than other people in the class who were kind of just there, sent by their employer you know, learn some skills, going through the motions, right? So he noticed this motivation that I had. So he started uh, chatting with me about that. And I think he saw some potential as opposed to like, the, you know, this wanker that's starting up his own business or whatever he's planning on doing. So uh, that was a really cool conversation because I explained to him some of the challenges I was already having working with other companies and not wanting to take that road. And he totally got it. And he had the same mindset that I did. We chatted and uh, he said I could come down and help him out down south he works in lethbridge okay doing some tree work and i'm a photographer as well i had a bit of a photography business in the past you know like any firefighter has a second job right or, or more it's true uh, <laughs> yeah, we've, got, so. we've got many firefighters who use jobber for their second job building decks or fences on the yeah weekend. it's, yeah, it's, oh, a, it's, it's awesome. like a mini industry yeah it's it's super great and then they all help each other out it's just like this big symbiotic relationship i chose photography not really along the whole trades kind of side of things but you know it had its uh, benefits and they're proving to be more beneficial now actually anyways i went down there and um we had this huge huge poplar removal that took two days with the crane it's like the biggest poplar tree i've ever seen in my life he had a huge crew out i came down i did some photos and i just kind of helped out and that was kind of the start of things you know outside of the the courses i would try and meet him semi-regularly and still do keeping a really good touch so we're friends now and uh and found out since then that we have a lot of similar interests in a lot of things. This is a good time to pause and call it the strength of the tree care community, both in person and online. I've heard so many stories about how this group of professionals help each other out exactly like Kirk describes. Recommending equipment, offering safety training to competitors, even assisting each other on quotes and jobs. If you're not already part of an entrepreneurial community, I encourage you to dig around for networking groups, online forums, or Facebook groups to share advice and feel supported by others who get what you're building. You can even start with the Jobber Entrepreneurship Group on Facebook. Now let's get back to Kurt and hear how he first got involved in the online Arborist community. Let's let's talk about Instagram actually for, for a little bit. So you're at Kurt the Arborist. 
You have 10,000 <laughs> followers, epic photos of your work and photos you've edited for, for other arborists around the world. Like, what was it like growing a personal brand on, on Instagram? Well, that started out as kind of just <clears throat> a fun thing on the side. I enjoyed using Instagram and, and photography. And if we go through some of the timeline, I guess that first course that I took was in the fall. And a lot of abhor culture work and companies, you know, do a lot of their work in the summer, right? So they ramp down in the fall and, you know, maybe lay people off, that sort of thing. So me trying to get into uh, abhor culture and find some experience was extremely difficult at that time of year. I was calling around everywhere and that's why I had a bunch of kind of random short-term jobs where I would finish out maybe a week with one company and then go job shadow at another company. And this course, was, yeah, like I said, in the fall, and uh, I just started this Instagram account. And I didn't know what I wanted to use the Instagram account for yet, but I had made a joke to my friends that I was gonna do it and build it up until I get a free chainsaw. That was what I wanted. <laughs> I mean, ideally, if I could get anything free, I thought that would be really cool and literally decrease the overhead of things that I would need to become an arborist because I did not even own a chainsaw at the, point, at the time and I was borrowing one from a friend. and that sort of thing, or, or, you know, whatever scraps Johnny would give me when I go for a visit, he would give me some stuff that he isn't using anymore. Instagram kind of served that purpose and it actually blew up. And I used my uh, photography background to take some of my own photos, like at that big popular job I was telling you about with Johnny. I took some pro photos there and I've been able to get a ton of content from that as well as many other jobs since then. And I edited them professionally on, on my computer and I released, released them. I also fell in love with the, the way to use Instagram and work its algorithm to get a lot of followers and basically self-advertise through different hashtags and things like that. So I kind of jumped into the community pretty quickly. So I actually reached out to a lot of arborists out there that had cool photos and content and asked them to send me their stuff that didn't know anything about photo editing. And I would edit their photos and then I would repost on my Instagram and then ask them to kind of like tag me and repost it again. And it was great for the algorithm. It really built things up quickly and got my name out there to the point that it became a brand, Kurt the Arborist, its own social media, you know, Arborist representation kind of ambassador brand, as opposed to Cochrane Tree Care. One of the themes we want to explore on this season of, of the show is how both success and failure come with challenges. Let's talk about a failure you experienced when you were just starting out that you've gone and, and learned from. I feel like anyone, you know, hasn't lived unless I've been fired a couple of times from a few <laughs> jobs, right? So when I was starting out there, I had gotten a job. I won't, I won't mention their name, but one of the bigger tree companies. And it, it seemed like it was going to be a sweet place to get some experience because they had some structure in their job. And I was lacking that structure like I had at the fire department, you know, like some policy procedure type stuff and like a bit of a roadmap of how to get better. And, and they kind of had this in place because it was a bigger company. So I really liked that. And I worked a couple days and then, uh, and then I came in and I got fired and I was so excited to work there, but uh, they saw my truck and I had some stickers on there, you know, saying that I was an arborist and kind of asking for business basically like with my phone number and that sort of thing. Even though no one had ever called me, I just put these stickers on. I didn't know what I was doing. Like it was obviously the wrong way to approach anything and didn't think that like this company would care, but you can't work somewhere. And then be also advertising that you're doing your own work privately because you'd be in direct competition with this company. So I got fired from that and then headed into winter with no job. So that was definitely a mental setback uh, right in the very beginning of this arborist career. 
And once you started taking jobs, what were some of the things that were hard uh, about that that you really had to learn from whether it was, you know, and you mentioned this in, when you took over the job or Instagram, like quoting sounds like it's still something that can be a little bit of tough pricing. How did you figure out how to do that stuff from the start as, as your own business? A lot of trial and error, I guess. In the beginning, I'm sure like anyone, you probably underquote because you're so excited to get jobs. Of course, I had a, that Johnny as a mentor, so he would offer some advice, you know, at times. But, you know, in the end, it's still me by myself, um, which I didn't really mention before that my tree company is basically me working solo most of the time, which is fine because trees are not that huge here. and I can get a lot of the work done. If I need help, I can obviously find somebody. But being on my own as the leader of Cochrane Tree Care, it is challenging for sure. So with trial and error, I mean, you underquote a tree job and you get it and you're scared like, can I do this? Do I know what I'm doing? You go there and you spend 10 hours on this job and you've made, you know, 25 bucks an hour at and <laughs> definitely a learning experience. And you learn pretty quick that uh, you're not gonna be able to afford to do this if you don't charge more. But I think being able to charge more, you need to have uh, more ability, more experience, more skills. So as experience grew and uh, I took a few more courses, I obtained better equipment. I was able to justify um, charging more in my own head, you know, for the job. Being able to command higher prices naturally leads us to talk about growth, and we're going there. What stands out to me is that Kurt is laser focused on his goals and his values as a business owner, a person, and a father. If you're wondering if growth is right for you, take note of the different areas Kurt is weighing as he comes up on this fork in the road. Let's talk about the pressure to grow your business. When you start a business, the default thinking is usually that you want to grow, get bigger, bring on employees, get more employees, bigger truck, more tools. What's that like for you to, to have that pressure to grow? Do you feel it? And, and how do you respond? I feel it in a certain sense, but honestly, my personal situation, I'm pretty lucky. We moved from Red Deer after my PTSD and trying to start over fresh to Cochrane here. And the, it is a smaller community and I wanted to just serve Cochrane. I, I really didn't want to drive into Calgary, the big city here. The, the job I wanted was to have my own business as an arborist so I could have a higher earning potential by doing the work myself and also be able to schedule jobs when I wanted so I could have the freedom to be home with my family, uh, only work part-time and not have to put my daughter in childcare. These are my, my main goals and, and some of the main points that I had when I was trying to find a new career. So I wanted to keep these values. So I didn't have a lot of pressure to grow it as a huge company, but I saw potential for growth here. Like when I literally started out by Googling Arborist or Tree Care, like in Cochrane, and noticed that a ton of companies are coming from Calgary to do it. Probably because they can't maintain a full-time job as a crew with employees working just in Cochrane. So I thought maybe there's some, some potential here that I could do some tree care just in Cochrane as one guy and be able to make enough money to work part-time which is a situation that probably most people can't do. You know, I started the, the website and the social media and everything around it, like most people do for a lot of businesses and started to get work. And now I'm realizing that, you know, maybe there is enough tree work, especially once you start to educate the community on on what you're doing and that, and that there is an arborist in town. People see opportunity to look after their trees. So there is enough work here probably to do a full-time job. But transitioning from, you know, one man doing things part-time growing is a bit of a challenge i'm actually just looking at incorporating my business now from a sole proprietorship which is this whole other thing again that's going to be a new challenge it's hard i think to be a technician 
mm-hmm. and still do your job, but also run the business. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. I don't want to have employees and I don't think you need to grow if you don't want to. Everyone feels maybe pressured that they have to grow, like you said, and build up this whole thing. And there is motivation with certain aspects of that. Like when you do incorporate, you can literally put a value on your business and one day you can sell it to somebody. There's another goal right there. Maybe I should try and build this so I have a bit of a retirement or can earn some money off of all the work I put into it. Let's talk about that, the work you've been putting in, Kurt. Um, If you're thinking about employees or even not hiring them, I assume that means things have been going well in terms of the amount of work you've been doing? Yeah, so far it's been great. Things have really been growing. I've been getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of contacts through like my jobber button on my website. People just write me on there. And as you get going in your community, you, of course you get a lot of word of mouth um, referrals, which I didn't really believe in. I've never you know, had my own business doing this kind of thing. So I was like, you know, you hear people say, oh yeah, word of mouth. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure I'll get somebody. But I think it's literally, I don't know, 25% or, or more at times of just word of mouth. So it's, it's really important to have signage and advertising and all these things in place available. Sounds like things are, are going great with the business, but we know that's not the full story and everything's not always peachy. What's been kind of a more recent failure or, or mishap that's been tough to deal with? When I look at a tree, I'm looking to see where I'm going to have to go in that tree and you know set up an anchor point if I have to climb it, kind of the most recent one. It was a multi-stemmed tree. So if you think of like just multiple trees all leaning in different directions coming from the same you know root point, I would have to climb up each one individually to get up there and then prune away some dead wood or whatever I'm doing, go back down, anchor up another one. And that takes a lot of time. And it was in a, in a poor location in the backyard. I just didn't foresee all this work that I would have ahead of me. So I quoted it like it was going to take me, you know, three hours and it ended up taking me all day. And by the end of the day, it's, it's way more work than it was ever expected. And you're just not earning as much. And this could be a greater problem, I think, if you like say had a crew and you're paying people by the hour and you know you need to make a certain amount of money per day to pay for your your equipment and your trucks and whatever, then you're kind of literally losing money. But I don't have a lot of overhead, so I have some freedom there. But it's just the efficiency of getting things done and trying to dial that in. But you don't want to make too many of those mistakes, you know, before you correct them. Connecting the past and and the present. You're a couple of years into your new venture. What skills do you think you've brought from your first career as a firefighter and EMT into your new role? I think that career really built this understanding of people and how they think and they react and, and just not being worried about approaching them with different communication, just communication in general, you know, on site, befriending your clients and having them really like you. I mean, I think getting jobs is the cornerstone of a lot of this work. And you can go there and offer a free quote, but convincing them that you're the guy, you know what you're doing and having them feel comfortable having you there and having them hire you and paying more for your job um, versus someone else who will charge half that amount, right? I think that's a skill that I was able to bring forward from the firefighting side. It was just being that kind of mature professional from that career and then a huge communication side for different people of different walks of life different income levels and you know they have their own their own personalities right so that's definitely helped yeah you bring that maturity that comes with a 16-year career into into your new business 
Okay, we like to finish with these two questions. So first, what advice would you give yourself back in 2018 when you're, you're heading into your first fall winter season of tree care? I think I wouldn't have got as hung up trying to make things happen so quickly and maybe appreciated working for other companies a bit more. I think I really could have learned a lot more about being an arborist and how different companies work if I would have spent more time doing that with other companies. It was difficult. You know, I had to really commute and, you know, and not make a lot of money doing it. But I think the value of learning about the industry more in the beginning would have set me up more now with more experience as opposed to, you know, figuring a lot of things out with more trial and error. And last question, what advice do you need to give yourself today? I guess stick to the path, you know, try and keep your head up. Not let yourself get too emotionally involved in uh, setbacks because there is a lot of challenges and a lot of new challenges that, that continue to come up, whether it's, you know, learning something or getting a job that you're not comfortable with or trying to achieve a new certification or losing jobs to other companies. You know, if you see somebody else working in town and, and they're doing a job that you quoted on that you thought you did really well, not to beat yourself up on that kind of stuff, you know, like business is business and emotions and that sort of things should, I think, be separated to some degree. Um, and remember your core values, I guess, of your business. Like if I wanna charge more of a premium price for something, but I offer myself as more of a professional, maybe with a higher level of care and training, then that's that's what I do for my business. So you don't need to go there and lowball and get every job on the street. Just try and keep moving forward. That was Kurt Stenberg. Look him up on Instagram at Kurt the Arborist. And that brings us to the end of season one of Built by You. Find us on Instagram or Facebook at GetJobber and shoot us a DM to tell us what you liked, what we can do differently, and who you want to hear from in season two. If you liked today's episode, we'd appreciate it if you left us a review. Plus, we hope you'll hit subscribe or visit getjobber.com slash podcast to hear from more entrepreneurs like Kurt. Thanks for listening. I'm Nick Keiko, and this is Built by You.